Living in retrospect is a bad idea, and sometimes we let our same old stories hold us back from the new adventure God has for us. But here's the truth. God wants to restory us, transforming our tales of tragedy into epics to anticipate. In this podcast, Mary DeMuth interviews people who have lived through God's powerful restory process, where they've discovered healing, joy, and a brand new perspective. So let's shed that old, painful story and find the freedom we've been longing for. The Restory Podcast starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Restory Show. And today I'm doing a special edition of the Restory Show with my husband Patrick. And we've been married 25 years and celebrated that in um, Paris this last year. In fact, we uh, during that time in Paris in December, we felt like the winds of change were going to be happening in our family and in our relationship. And sure enough, about a month later, he was let go from his job and we've been walking this very fun journey of working on that. And so in the midst of all that, uh, last summer, as you know, I got this idea for Restory, which is the reason why I even launched this podcast and started having people on here that have these amazing stories. And Patrick has a great story too. And we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of Restory and we're going to talk about the Restory conference coming up, Lord willing, in September. So Patrick, thanks for coming on the show today. Yes, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> he's uh, It's kind of funny because I'm in my office and he's in our bedroom and we're doing this via the computer instead of face-to-face. It's kind of interesting. So, uh, Patrick, give us a little background about you. Like, where did you grow up and how did you meet Christ and then how did you meet me because I'm so awesome? <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> I am. Uh, I grew up uh, outside of Seattle, Washington on an island, actually, Whidbey Island. A loving home, you know, good parents and a brother and sister. I grew up in a Roman Catholic uh, church and was pretty involved as a child and as a youth. And when I went off to college, I had some roommates who were Christians uh, in the Protestant sense. And um, they started studying their Bible and sharing about their relationship with Christ, something that I really didn't have much uh, experience with. And so one thing led to another, and over a few months, uh, I realized that I did not have that relationship, and so it was then that I became a believer. And then it was a while after that that you met me, but um, you finished with school, and your degree was in what? Yeah, so I, I was at Seattle University, and I had a essentially what's a pre-med degree. I was planning on going to medical school, but uh, by hey, the maybe time, you can do that now. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, that, that those days have passed me by. So in Trying to make that decision, I realized I was very sick of school, and I just felt like, you know, perhaps God had something else in store for me. So I remember in trying to make that decision, I just decided I need I needed to get away and be kind of alone with God, so to speak. And so I actually took a semester off and went to work in Calcutta at Mother Teresa's Home for the Dying for about three, little over three months. And uh, you and I met right before I left, and so... Um, that was kind of interesting because you were just coming back from being overseas and I was just on my way. So we had a lot in common and we really got to know each other through through the mail, which was a great way to get to know somebody. It takes the stress off of dating, I think, initially. <laughs> yes. so, um, but yeah, and then when I came back after three months, I realized that I, I didn't uh, necessarily want to go to medical school, but I did want to get to know you better. <laughs> so so um, that's a win. So it was a win-win. <laughs> And uh, over the next couple months, we, we were dating and 
uh, eventually got engaged. Six months dating, six months till marriage. So one year shy of a, one day shy of a year we were married. That's right. So it's been 25 years of complete bliss. Complete. <laughs> never a problem, never an argument. We're always perfectly happy with one another, right? Yes, that's the term <laughs> bliss. <laughs> bliss. So something kind of changed in our lives. Well, in 1998, we moved to Palestine, Texas, which we call our first cross-cultural move because it was Palestine and Seattle are as about as different as two places can be. But while there, you felt you went to a Promise Keepers event and felt the call into ministry. And then we ended up in Dallas where you did what? Yeah, so I went to seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary, which was great, great experience. Uh, you know, it was pretty academic, but uh, the one thing I didn't have that I really needed was a way to get into and understand and study the scriptures for myself. And boy, I tell you what, Dallas Seminary really prepared me for that. And so I, I uh, have a degree in pastoral ministries and church planting. Yes. And so uh, one of the things that you did, which was great, is you took me on a surprise trip on our 10-year anniversary to Paris. And while we were there, we realized that there was such a huge need in Western Europe. And so uh, when you graduated in 2004, we packed up our entire family and moved to the south of France for two and a half years of joy and bliss, but really just trials upon trials. Uh, but some good things happened as a result of our time there. And then we came back here to Texas, and you've been working ever since until about January. So tell me a little bit about uh, the how you felt at the end of January when you got that surprising phone call. Yeah, so I've never been laid off before. So this was a brand new experience. I'd been with this company for a little over a year, and I did enjoy it. It was uh, There was some challenge to it, and I had a lot of autonomy and was kind of in the senior management. Uh, but this company was facing some financial problems unrelated to what I was doing, and so they needed to make cutbacks. And uh, I was like the last one hired and first one out, unfortunately. So that was back in January. And so now it's June, and it's been a tough road. I've probably applied for over 100 jobs since then, which is interesting. But more than that, it's been an exploration of, you know, what does God really want to do with me and do with us as a family? Um, we're at a place right now where our youngest child just graduated from high school yesterday and is going to college. She'll be staying at home, but going off to college. So we're at a kind of the empty nest phase or right, right before that. It's on the horizon. And so when I look back on our lives and think of all the major decisions that we've made, uh, we've kind of felt led by the Lord and also been somewhat intentional about some of those things, whether it be having children when we're very young, to moving to Texas, to moving overseas and going to seminary. All those things had that idea of, I guess, a better way, a, a good way to say it is a pivot, a pivot in the direction that we're going. And so right now we're in the middle of a pivot. And part of that stress and part of that uh, learning experience is being jobless. So it's been hard, but in many ways it's been good, but it's also been hard. <laughs> hard, but good, but hard. And uh, recently you had the privilege of going to Haiti and going on a mission trip. And one of the things that the Lord taught you or told you besides the idea of maybe we should go into full-time ministry, which is scary in and of itself, but that you were going to help me and come alongside me and some of the things that I'm doing. So tell me a little bit about 
your maybe your hesitation about that or what you like about it or what you're doing about that? Oh, I have no hesitation of helping you out. <laughs> Thank I try you. Try to do that and everything, but uh, being jobless, obviously, I have more time, so I can I can dedicate to some of the things that you're you're doing and don't have time for. So part of that is the Restory Conference. I think this is something that's very much needed, um, not just in the community we live in, but also throughout America and the world. And the world, yeah. And so how, whatever I can do to to help promote that or help make that a reality is, I think, uh, I'm happy to do. We're about a week away from trying to see if this thing will be funded. Um, I'm at I'm at a little bit of a panic mode. I'm at 33%, and usually by now you'd want to be 50 or 60%. And so I don't know if there's a question involved in that other than how do you like seeing your wife stressed, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to have peace about it. And what to you, um, when you picture this conference, and I, I know you're going to be there, obviously, but how do you picture it and what kind of uh, impact do you believe it will have on the kingdom and on people's lives individually? And, you know, one thing is, I think this is something that both men and women would get a lot out of. And when we think of this idea of restory, um, there's a sense of, well, what I've done so far hasn't really worked out. So I need God to completely change the direction and the story, how I'm going. But in reality, that's not what restory is. A good example may be in scriptures of the prodigal son. You know, the son went off. He, he had a story. He went off and changed that story. And when he came back, we don't get the end of the story, but you get the real sense that the father that embraced him on his return back changed the tra- trajectory of what was happening. And so his going off and wandering was part of and gave depth to whatever the story was that continued on from there. So I think in this sense, what Restory does is it, it'll give us pictures of people who have been th- walking through that stage of how God has taken the things that have been hard in their life or difficult or confusing and use that and shape that into just something that he's doing that's beautiful. among. The, and I think men and women can both um, benefit from that, whether it's uh, some tragedy or some something that was out of their control happened and now they're just a little disoriented. I think what Restory does is say, first of all, you're not alone. And second of all, that there's a, you know, like scripture says, a great cloud of witnesses that have been through a lot of the same things and have seen God do some amazing things. So to me, spending a day with people like that, worshiping, praying and and just learning. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the gift of my church that they are um, helping us put this on. Um, the reason I raised, I'm raising money for it is so that I can pay the people that are helping me. And so it's not to put money in my pocket at all. It's it's really to serve others and to provide an environment for you just to have some moments and some time. Like Patrick said, we're going to have great worship. And we're also going to have some testimonies there of people who have been restoried by the Lord. And I don't know about you, but for me, hearing people's stories, that's it. I mean, that's that encourages me so much. And I remember those stories, even I love theological truth. Don't get me wrong, because I'm married to Mr. Theology. But uh, I when I attach a theological truth to a story, then I remember it more and it sticks with me. It's, a, it's sticky, as they say in marketing. So I guess the other question is, in what ways through this time of joblessness has God restoried you? Or what has been that adventure like for you? 
Um, well, it's hard to say because I'm right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, I, but some things that I've seen is, you know, every day when I get up in the midst of this and I think, you know, I don't have a job to go to, but yet there's things that I have to take initiative on. I, a lot of that, what it's done is reinforced my trust in him. And it's hard to do when you think, you know, nothing's going to happen today. But what it's done is it, it's, it's made things so much more clear in terms of what the Lord is doing. So I can see when I get an encouragement from someone that I wasn't expecting, for example, that's, it, it like heightens my sense of understanding and seeing what, the, what God is doing. And so for me, that's, um, that's been tremendous. I think we can, at least I can become desensitized to what God is doing in my midst on a day-to-day basis when I'm just, uh, I've got other things, other concerns on my mind. And so uh, it's almost a premise for building a story, building a new story and what he's doing. So for me, that's been, that's been fantastic. Yeah, I think for me, my trust has increased, even though there's been times of panic and, and really have this deep sense of peace through the whole thing. Um, and as you mentioned, I mean, we have both been very blessed by people's extreme encouragement. Like it almost seems over the top. I almost feel like I don't deserve all this kindness. You know, people have been so kind and we've received, you know, help financially and I'm, I'm just so surprised at how beautifully God has provided for us. And it's very humbling. And so as we're going forward in this like leap of faith with Restory, I'm trying, you know, to stay in that place of peace and believe that God is going to bring the increase in his own way. And I also am really peaceful too. Like I'll just say that if it doesn't fund, I'm, I'm not going to go crying into a pit or anything because I know that we have a sovereign God who weaves our stories in ways. And I'm, I just feel like he asked me to take a leap and I don't know if the leap's going to be effective or not, but that that's okay. That I don't believe that God calls us always to 100% success. I mean, I'll work toward it, of course. I'm a hard worker. Patrick will attest to that, that I'm a hyper hard worker. (laughs) Um, But there comes a point where you have to just let things rest in God's hands. And I think that's one of the things I'm learning through the season as well, that I don't have to be all hyper and stressed about things, but I can trust that if things are you know, uh, effective or not effective, it's okay. He still has this. And God, in fact, I find him often more in my failure than in my success. One of the things that I've shared, I think, on this podcast before is a letter I received uh, from a, a girl, an email, who said to us, hey, I'm trying to figure out God's will, and you uh, heard from God, and you went to France, and then you failed, and then you came back. And so I just want to avoid your mistake. So tell me how you missed God by going to France. And it was a really annoying email, but um, it got me thinking. And my response to her after I, you know, defumed was that it was an American idea that if God is in a thing, it will naturally succeed. Um, if you look at the cross, it doesn't look like a, a failure on the surface. I mean, it doesn't look like a success on the surface. It looks like a failure. Dying is not exactly winning. <laughs> and yet, uh, the end of the story wasn't there. The end of the story came in the resurrection and, and the great commission and the ascension of Jesus Christ. And so, for those of you listening who have a difficult story right now, and I, I keep hearing from you in emails, you've been sending me e- emails very faithfully about your broken stories. I just want to remind you that even if there is not success, or even if things don't work out the way you want them to, God is still God. He's still good. He's still on the throne. He still sees you. And like Job, when Job was starting 
his trial, he could hear God. But at the end of his trial, at the very end of Job, you see that he sees God. And so my prayer for you is that if you're walking through your own restory adventure right now, that you would begin to see his hand and not just hear from him. Now, Patrick, how have you seen God in the midst of our story this year? I mean, I've kind of answered that a little bit, but what maybe give one little anecdote of, of how God has specifically encouraged you. For me, uh, the encouragement really comes in in our church community, and that's weird to say because we're a church of almost fifteen thousand people, we go to a huge church, and but our community is really a group of about fifty people that where we teach, and I, every week that we're there, I feel supported. Uh, people are praying for us, and I see that people are praying for us and are concerned and and want to see the best situ- outcome and situation. I also have a group of guys that I meet with every every week. And uh, they kind of tease me because it's like when I'm not there, they think, well, we don't really understand what's going on in the Bible, so uh, Patrick's not here. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that's kind of a jab at me a little bit because I, I tend to be over the top there. But really what what these guys do is, you know, they help me not to take myself so seriously. And, um, and they just are a blessing to me because they, they're all struggling too. I mean, in different ways and some are fairly young Christians. And I tell you, I really need that because, um, um, the encouragement I get from these guys, they genuinely, you know, love, love being around each other. And, and I just, you know, to me, that's, that's, that's been great. So, um, that's one thing I've learned is how important community is in times like these. I would agree. And I think that's probably the best part of anybody's story. It also can be the worst part of our stories too. Community can be very painful and we've experienced that as well. But we also heal in community and that's the subject of the wall around your heart, um, that God uses the thing that injures us to complete us and to heal us. And that's my encouragement about the Restory Conference. If you're on the fence about whether you want to come or not, or get the virtual ticket, which is only $25. So you'll get the conference. You just don't have to fly to Dallas to, to get it is that you will be around. Um, if you come, you'll be around like-minded community. But even if you don't come, you're going to hear from people and hear stories from people that will kind of expand your tent of community. And you'll begin to see that there's other people out there just like you who struggle. And, you know, I don't want to come across as, oh, I'm super Christian. I know everything because I don't know hardly anything. And the more I walked with Jesus, the more I know I don't know other than to say he's faithful. And so if you're interested in um, giving toward this effort, we would really appreciate it. Uh, totally get it. If you're in financial straits, we are walking through those valleys right now as, as we speak. But if you, if you can't, if you would just take a moment today to say a quick prayer for the success, it ends on June 15th. And I would just, I know prayer changes everything. And I know the power of God is unleashed through prayer. And I'm grateful for that. So if you could pray for it, I'll have a link to the campaign in the show notes. And I'm going to, usually I end these podcasts with, uh, thanks for listening to the Restory show. Mind if I pray for you, but I'm going to ask Patrick to pray for us this time. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for just this day. And we thank you for so much for the story that, is documented for us in scripture, but continues on in the lives of, of your church and in the people that call you Lord and Savior. I thank you so much for Lake Point and for all the communities that are represented in, at Lake Point and for the support that they've given us. I uh, thank you for Mary for this vision that you've given her to really encourage people to see your presence in everything 
that you are shaping and molding and that you've not abandoned anyone. Um, God, I pray that uh, the people that need to come to this conference um, would learn about it and commit to it. And whether they come in person or come virtually, either way, Lord, I pray that they that it becomes available to them. And I pray for the success of the conference as well. I thank you for Mary and for our story, and we look forward to what you're doing in our lives. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Restory Show. And if you would like to get the show notes, just go to marydemuth.com forward slash restory, and you'll be able to see all the the show notes. So thank you, Patrick, for uh, being my guinea pig this week and uh, doing this special edition of the Restory Show. It's my pleasure. 